I want to go back to Nick Robertson, who was there on the ground in Sarot in Israel. Nick, what are you seeing right now? Yeah, Donna, I just told you when we were speaking a couple of minutes ago, there was there was two minutes of silence. Uh, it's not silent anymore. The guns have picked up again. We're hearing the fighter jets, hearing explosions, some of them very heavy behind us here right now. Also, uh, we just saw a flash on the skyline. Didn't hear an explosion from that, which indicates it could be distance away from us. But if we had a sense here a few minutes ago that the intense bombardment of earlier might have been easing off, I think the last two minutes here, while you've been talking to the congressman, it has really picked up and intensified again. It, it, I think it will do this for some time, the, the fluctuation. I can hear the guns, artillery firing out from this direction. Possibly we'll hear the impacts in, in Gaza behind us. But some of the impacts have been exceptionally loud, exceptionally strong. You can feel them shaking the ground here. Um, not clear precisely what the targets are other than Hamas and its infrastructure. Not quite clear how the rest of the night will roll out. But, it, but what we are feeling and seeing from here right now is, is quantifiably a step up for, from previous nights, Donna. And I just want to underscore something that you talked about earlier and that Alex Marquardt has been reporting on, and Becky Anderson as well, which is uh, sources saying that there were significant uh, discussions, progress in those discussions about hostages, that more than 200 hostages being held on the other side of the border from where you are, uh, Nick. And the question that you posed, as you're seeing the increase in action there and military action right before your eyes, how that could impact the ability to get the hostages out and whether there is any connection anymore at this point. Yeah, the, the diplomacy around the table is, in essence, hostages for humanitarian aid, a humanitarian pause, or we understand Hamas has at some point asked for a five-day ceasefire. Israel has been very clear all along. It is not about to have a ceasefire. There's been increasing pressure and using different language from different countries, the European Union putting pressure for a kind of uh, humanitarian pause. You're probably seeing some of the flashes behind me there of some of the strikes that, that are underway. We're hearing the fighter jet. That blast that you heard there, I'm assuming you could hear it, w w was the sort of thing we've just been hearing repeated, 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 repeated over the past few hours. That seems to have been a missile coming from a fighter jet because I'm hearing it uh, fly away. But the, but the idea that Hamas was talking about a ceasefire, the idea that the hostage release could come about as part of a deal where there would be a cessation in the fighting, this is all diplomacy. But there's another part of the equation, and that's the military part. In this diplomacy, both sides go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, make their demands, wait for the other side to take concessions. These are concessions, as we say, over fuel into Gaza or humanitarian aid. But there are also the two sides are going toe-to-toe -to -toe in military terms as well, waiting for the other to back down. It was only a few hours ago that Hamas was firing rockets into Tel Aviv that hit an apartment there. The IDF clearly stepping up its action in this part of Gaza tonight. So these are all ways of pressuring the other side and, and where the talks now stand as there is not a clear 
pause in the military offensive. In fact, the reverse, I would say, an escalation over earlier in the day. And I think it's worth just pointing out at this point, you know, a week ago, a week ago today, Friday last week, there, were, there was intense diplomacy behind the scenes for the release of those, of those two hostages, the American hostages, the mother and the daughter. They were released late Friday night. Well, in absolute contrast to today, Thursday and Friday last week were very quiet in military terms. We barely heard any shelling or any uh, aircraft strikes. Compare and contrast that to now, to today, and you get that real sense that if it took two days of pause to release two hostages, absent any pause, absent perhaps the release of 50 hostages. All right, Nick, uh, stand by, please, and please let us know if there's anything we need to come right back to you for. But I want to get to Jeremy Diamond, who was also in Israel. Jeremy, what are you hearing from sources there? Well, Dana, just like Nick, I mean, we are here. We heard earlier in the day that there was perhaps some progress in these hostage negotiations. But now what we are hearing are the sounds of war, the most intense bombing, at least in terms of what I can hear from my position here in Ashkelon, that I have heard in the nearly three weeks that I have been here covering this war. Uh, we are hearing intense and repetitive uh, th percussive thuds, uh, bombing, artillery also clearly going out. And what we're also seeing is Hamas responding with uh, at least two uh, rocket barrages towards central Israel, uh, as well as right here towards Ashkelon within the last uh, 20, 30 minutes or so. So uh, this is certainly taking on a, a different tone and tenor uh, from here. It's hard to say if this is the beginning of that invasion that we have been uh, expecting from the IDF, that they have made clear that will be happening at some point. You know, we know, Dana, that in recent days, Israeli officials had clearly told the Americans that they were willing to give them a few days to see how these hostage negotiations developed. And while we don't know officially whether those talks have completely collapsed, uh, what, what is clear is that Israeli officials were not going to wait indefinitely in order to move forward uh, with their ground campaign. Again, we don't know whether that is what we are starting to see on the ground, but what we are seeing is certainly an intensification of uh, strikes on Gaza. There are also reports of uh, te telecommunications being out in Gaza. Uh, and in addition to that, we know that in recent days we have seen a stepped-up pace, not only of the airstrikes, not only of the targeting of those Hamas tunnels underneath Gaza, but also increasing raids inside of Gaza. At least over the last two nights, there have been tanks going into Gaza to carry out uh, targeted raids, as the IDF describes them, to take out some of those tunnels, to take out some of Hamas's infrastructure. And what we also saw last night was uh, Flotilla 13, which is uh, Israel's equivalent of the Navy SEALs, going into southern Gaza via the sea and carrying out a raid there as well. All of that in the lead up to what we are now hearing, Dana, which again is a very serious intensification of airstrikes, uh, much louder uh, bombing than we have heard perhaps uh, in these nearly three weeks of this war. Jeremy, thank you. Stand by as well. I want to bring in General Mark Hurtling, who was the commanding general of the United States Army Europe and the 7th Army. General, what are you seeing when you hear our reporters and you see the images that we are? Well, specifically, Dana, what I'd say is Nick's reporting is excellence from northern Gaza. I'd be interested in what's happening in the south. Jeremy just talked a little bit about what's happening in the most southern extreme of Gaza with the Israeli Navy, but what also is happening in Khan Yunus. 
are, are there the same kind of explosions going on in those areas? Because I think the Israeli Defense Forces are going to hit all sectors of Gaza. But what you've seen, as Jeremy just pointed out, over the last several days, an increase in airstrikes, an increase in intelligence probes by ground forces, uh, which went into Gaza and then came out, which tells me they were seeking more intelligence, more targeting data for a final push. So what you're seeing primarily, I believe, from the Air Force and perhaps even artillery fire uh, from outside of Gaza is a preparatory uh, stance by Israel. They are conducting final prep fires, putting a lot of forces in it. And remember, these weapons don't just kill. Uh, what they're bombing Gaza with and, and uh, hitting them with artillery, it's also psychological. When you're under that kind of fire as a terrorist operation, you know something big is, is happening. And they've been under these kind of bombs for the last 20 days. At the same time, as Nick so rightly pointed out, the Israeli Defense Forces have been mobilized almost 20 days now. You can't just keep a large force of 300,000 waiting in a field for that long. They tend to start losing their edge. And, and the Israeli government, the one, Mr. Netanyahu, who is going to literally pull the trigger and start the operation, and all indicators are he's been holding back because of divisions within his cabinet, mm -hmm. uh, when he does that, he has to have the full force of the attack going. Uh, whether or not ground forces are going to come in and go back out or come in writ large and, and stay, uh, you know, that's yet to be determined. But I'd suggest it, it, it probably tonight or tomorrow is going we're going to see uh, some of the major uh, effort of the Israeli Defense Force going in uh, with main forces to strike some of the targets that they've been collecting intelligence on. 